morning. Hope you had a great week. We did. Laura and I did on We decided to have an Indian meal, which featured curry and maize. And, and during the evening, by the way, when we're done with this, if any of it has gone over your head, ask Earl. He'll explain it to you. Then we, then we watched the Cleveland Indians in their playoff game and followed that by washing, uh, washing the Washington Redskins. So uh, when we arrived back at our home, then we went to YouTube and enjoyed videos of Pocahontas and some of those things that <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, which seems like I do every week, but the carpet voting, remember we had the carpet voting a few weeks ago, and we ended up with what, the dark or the light? We ended up with the dark, but <clears throat> it seemed to me that there were some voting irregularities in that recent built, uh, meeting. Some things that just didn't seem right to me. I don't know if you observed them like I did. <laughs> things that just, you look at it and you go, that doesn't seem quite right. You know, a lot of the members spent the last six months in their basement, only coming out to speak occasionally. And when you, when you track the voting that evening, you could see something was amiss there. <laughs> you can count on that. <laughs> so, just a reminder, when did that happen? Last week? <laughs> yeah. Are you good at history, American history? 1903. 1903. I was going to ask you when did that happen, but 1969. Sorry, I don't believe that. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And that's what I want to do today. Declare the glory of God. Again, I am not a Bible teacher. Turn to Second Condominiums, chapter 7, and read with me. Try to encourage the believers. The heavens declare the glory of God. Now, from this point on, instead of saying the James Webb Space Telescope, I will just say JWST. And you understand I'm talking about the James Webb, right? And that just went up recently. In fact, we're just starting to get some of the images back from the James, the JWST. So here it is. Now, why, does it, why is this such a great thing? The Hubble was fantastic. 
The JWST is even more fantastical. Here's the reason. The electromagnetic spectrum, you are being bombarded with electromagnetic waves, EMFs, all right? The electromagnetic uh, radiation spectrum goes from um, very high frequency to low frequency, very long waves to very short waves, but you can only see what? Who's the guy? Roy G. Biv, who said that? Very good. Roy G. Biv, that's all you can see. By the way, it's red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. I never let my kids say purple. It's not Roy G. Bip, it's Roy G. Biv. And that was an, a joke for the whole year. That's what we can see. It's a good thing that's all we can see because we are being bombarded with all kinds of uh, electromagnetic waves. Just imagine if everything that was electromagnetic, your eyes could discern. You would be seeing radio waves, AM and FM, the whole range there. You would be seeing infrared, ultraviolet. You would be totally blinded. The creator knew what he was doing when he made Roy G. Bibb the only thing your eye can discern. And there he is, backwards, Roy G. Biv. There's ultraviolet. There's x-rays. You know a little bit about that. Gamma rays. By the way, what's the only thing that can stop gamma waves? Gampa. There's IR, infrared. Thanks, Derek got it. Nobody else did. Infrared. Microwave, you know about that. By the way, what did we do before mic microwave ovens? <laughs> Amazing. And at first they were not called micro microwave, they were called radar ranges. That's what they were called. And then long radio waves, both the AM and FM frequencies. Well, that's what the JWST is able to see, the infrared which we can't with our eyes. A comment here about this. Uh, somebody last week said, that is not a baby's heartbeat. You know who I'm talking about? Said, that's not a baby's heartbeat. Who said that? The governor of Georgia said that. You're not with me on that, are you? <laughs> She's not the governor of Georgia. She claimed to be the governor of Georgia. And, you know, technically, she's correct. That is not a baby's heartbeat. And when you look at your phone and you see a video or a picture, you're not looking at the person. You're not looking at activities. You're looking at an electric, electric representation sent over waves to your phone, which turns the LEDs on and off with the right colors so you see an image. So you're not actually seeing that person. Agreed? That is a representation of the baby's heartbeat, just like the picture or video you're watching on your phone. Got it? I mean, that's crazy what she says.
the comparison of the sizes of their primary mirrors. And yet, James Webb's mirror is 113 kilograms, 249 pounds, lighter. The telescope works in the infrared spectrum. The infrared radiation can penetrate the dust cloud and allow us to see the stars forming within. Additionally, Einstein's theory of relativity states that the space between objects in our universe expands, and so does light. As the light from the first stars and galaxies travels in our direction, its waves lengthen and the light becomes infrared, also known as red shift. Every time you look up at the night sky, just know that there are many stars and galaxies, the light of which stretched and became invisible or too faint for you to see. So here's a question. How is the James Webb Space Telescope supposed to detect that light? It will be assisted by a huge mirror, which will increase the amount of collected light. The more light, the more detailed the image. The mirror is made with 18 hexagonal segments, each one 1.32 meters, 4.3 feet in diameter. This shape will enable the crew to fold the mirror on Earth and unfold it in space. Then the focus of the mirror will be calibrated by shifting the various segments with an accuracy of 1 to 10,000, 1 10,000th of the thickness of a human hair. The light is collected onto the secondary mirror. Then it is reflected and sent to the scientific tools. After it is filtered, it is then focused on the hypersensitive infrared detectors, at which point the photons are converted into electrical voltage. So here's just a comparison. I'm not going to go over all of those. They're all interesting. But the James Webb is positioned 1.5 million kilometers, a million miles away from the Earth whereas the Hubble orbits at a height of about 350 miles. The Hubble can be serviced by the space shuttle, the James Webb, nothing. You gotta send, you gotta send somebody out there. It orbits in a Lagrange point. By the way, interesting thing to me about teaching this class is I learn a ton. I learn far more than you do, which will be demonstrated when I give you the test. So here, there, are, there are four Lagrange points around the Earth. And, and I'm not going to go into all of it. It is not a, a simple ellipse around the Earth. It is not. It looks like this. What? That's because there are two objects that exert gravitational force on the JWST. What are the two objects? You know, the moon would, would do some, yes, but primarily that big yellow ball in the sky, the sun, and the earth. Those are the two main ones. Certainly the moon's going to have some effect. So there are the comparison of the two. And now... Look at some of the images. Things, by the way, your eye would not see. What is that on the left? That's Jupiter. On the right, also Jupiter. Your eye would not see that. You'd have to use a telescope to see it. So it's going through glass, and it's a representation, and so on. So you see things that you normally would not see. You're able to observe things. 
Now, I'd like to talk about the planets. So what are the planets? My very educated mother just served us nine pizzas, right? Except people have thrown uh, Pluto off the island. Then I'm going to talk about meteors, comets, stars, nebulas, and galaxies. Most of the pictures I'm going to show you are from the Hubble. By the way, when the Hubble went up, first went up, they renamed it the Rubble because it wasn't working properly. You had to send somebody up to tinker with it, software and hardware, to get it to send images back. They were coming back distorted. So here they are. My very educated mother just served us, just served us nachos. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I know that they've called it a dwarf planet. It exists. It's there. There are things that are different about it. Uh, Their argument is some of the asteroids would be considered planets compared to Pluto. I understand their argument. I, I don't take that much time to think about it. So how many conditions are perfect about the Earth? Here's one of them. Protected by gas giant planets. I never thought about that, ever, until about 10 years ago. I go, what? What does that mean? Without Jupiter, life on Earth might have been obliterated by comets and asteroids before it even got a chance to begin. Of course, that's written from an evolutionary standpoint. We recognize God went, created the planets. So what happens is this. If an asteroid is coming toward the Earth, coming into our solar system, it is attracted by Jupiter because of its gigantic mass. And so it doesn't strike the Earth. Is that pretty good design? I'd say that's pretty good. Second, it's within the habitable zone. What does that mean? It's a zone where water as a liquid can exist. Not too hot, not too cold. It's just right. The Goldilocks zone, right? And there's the Earth orbiting about the sun. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just right. So when they do SETI, I know all these letters, SETI, what does that mean? Intelligence. Search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Okay? SETI. They're always looking for a planet that has water. Now, it it has a nearly circular orbit. I'm going to give kudos to Pastor. I'm looking at this on Thursday at the Senior Saints. Okay, I was awake. And I go, that is really cool. I like that. That is totally cool. The way, the way it's designed, I don't know, Pastor, did you do that? 
Okay. You looked for templates for PowerPoint, correct? Cool. So here we are looking at the inner planets. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. Right? And this is a cool program. Sorry, Night Backyard. I love this program. And let's see, we're set on days, so this is going to go pretty fast. Let's back up because I had it set at a particular date. Now, if you really did the calculations, the Earth, by the way, does anyone know how far the Earth is from the sun? Who said that? I hear people, 93 million miles, plus or minus a half million. We're actually slightly closer, the aphelion, no, perihelion, para means close, aphelion's further away, perihelion's closer. We're actually a half million miles closer at one time over the other. So let's see if I did this right. Hey, not too bad. When is the earth closest to the sun? Here we go with the questions again. And I understand that, uh, who, who was it that gets all of them right? Is it you? You get all of them right? Let's see how she does on this. When is the earth closest to the sun? Winter, summer, summer fall, or spring? You go, well, in the summer, we're closer, it's warmer. That's not because of the distance we are from the sun. If you are 100 yards away from a bonfire and you step one step closer, are you warmer? No. It's because of the tilt we have the seasons. So it's not summer. It's not fall. It's not spring. It is winter. Are we ready, Laurie? Okay, let me see if I can get to a really good stopping point. It's a oxygen-rich atmosphere. Do I have to explain that to you? If we didn't have oxygen, we wouldn't have animals, would we? Wouldn't have people. By the way, everything came into being in those six days. Boom. It didn't wait millions of years. Well, let's say the atmosphere is not very good for plants. Let's wait another million years and see if that improves. It is the correct mass. What difference does that make? What if we were heavier and we're orbiting the sun? What if we were more massive? You get it? Crispy critters, right? Which, what if it was not as massive? Frozen chicken. A large moon orbits it. I have a whole message on the moon. It is, it's fantastic. It, along with the sun, causes tides. It replenishes the oxygen on the shelves of the continents so that marine life is very concentrated, close to the continents, replenishing that oxygen and cleaning it, cleaning the oceans. It has a magnetic field. And you say, so what? The magnetic field serves as a barrier to protect the Earth from cosmic rays. Now, uh, we're all set, ready to go. We're going to go out on a field trip. Kids always want to do field trips. Let's go outside, Mr. Clark. It's nice. We've been inside all year. 
we're going to go outside to a field trip, and is it by the sign? Okay, so the wind is blowing from that direction, from the, okay. And uh, so you might want to get your coats. I'm wearing mine. We really are going outside. Uh, you don't have to. You can stay here and tell jokes about me. Um, so come on out.
he declared war on Buck Creek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the North Koreans are sending missiles over Japan. <laughs> What <laughs> just went off? <laughs> so when it works like that, you feel like a boss. And when it doesn't, you just try again. Try again later. Thank you for our announcers. I, I, was, tell, I was telling Jake, why do I, ideas like this come to me at 2.30 in the morning? And so you get up and you set that up. So where is the Earth's north magnetic pole? Careful. Is it at the North Geographic Pole? Is it at the South Geographic Pole? Is it a thousand miles from the North Geographic Pole? Is it a thousand miles from the South Geographic Pole? Which do you think? Vote. Do you know? You don't know this one? Oh, we might stump her. She might not get 100% on the test. It is not at the South Pole. It's not at the North Pole. It's not, it is a thousand miles from the South Geographic Pole. Now let me explain this. You've got a piece of metal that when you put it on a spindle, wait, which direction am I facing right now? Am I facing north? No. And so what do you mark that piece of metal that points that direction? You, you, you mark an N on it, it's north, it's pointing north, right? But like geographic poles, like magnets, repel. So actually, the, the magnetic north is a thousand miles away from, away from the south pole. Opposite of what you think. You get that right? Oh, great, wow. It's grading your own test, though. How many conditions are perfect about the Earth? Plate tectonics. I probably am not going to talk about geology. Um, it's interesting, not really space-related, not really. It's universe-related, but not space. And by the way, this is eight among hundreds, if not thousands, of perfect conditions about the earth. There are just literally thousands. Now, now Pluto is considered a dwarf planet. I'm not sure where this came from. I'm not sure if it will work. It doesn't. I got a backup plan. You don't know sometimes. Is it going to work or is it not?
Uh-oh. Reconnect. I lost you guys. Is it still up there? It says I've lost you. Oh, it's on my screen. <laughs> nice. Okay, we're going to pretend that we're going to pretend that works. I don't feel like a boss now. You play with that stuff and you try to figure out why it works and why it doesn't. Planetary alignment. The closest that the eight planets will come to being aligned will occur on May 6, 2492. Are we going to be around then? Not on the Earth, but we could be around. Let me go to the, um, is this cool or what? Let me go to all the planets. All right. When they're all lined up, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, Pluto. By the way, Pluto is not in the same ellipse as the others. Can you see that? It doesn't line the plane like all the other planets do. But when those line up, which uh, Jupiter and Saturn close to lining up, Neptune, Uranus close to lining up, and not lined up, as, as we observe it from the Earth, as we observe it from the Earth, and they all line up, or pretty close to each other. But I plugged in several dates that I found on the Internet. Uh, nothing. I, I just didn't get very good results. By the way, Laurie will tell you, how many successes of rocket launches have we had compared to how many failures? What did she say? Oh, yesterday and today are you talking about? Or we've we've already lost three rockets. That's why the the flags around Lafayette are at half mast. They are honoring the chipmunks that were lost in space. So again, I looked up these this morning. They just don't line up. But I was in a meeting last week where there was almost perfect almost perfect planetary alignment. It was amazing to me. (laughs) You're an equal opportunity offender, Mr. Clark. That's what you are. Your weight depends upon three things. This kind of stuff interests me. I'm a scientist. I'm a mathematician. I like this kind of stuff. The force of weight that you have depends upon your mass and the mass of the objects is attracting you. You're being attracted to the Earth right now. So that is a large mass. We have smaller masses and we vary somewhat. And also, the distance between the two masses. You go a thousand miles away from the Earth and you become weightless. I know, we're playing guess what the teacher's thinking. You become weightless. Yes. Perfect. Absolutely. You want to teach next week? Because I'm not going to get done with this lesson today. And I don't know. 
Pastor, if you want me to go that extra uh, Sunday in October, but I'm willing to do that. Finish this up next week. Maybe even shoot another rocket off. Maybe you can invite your kids to for it. So as the distance gets greater, now, uh, for those of you that are, are interested in, and there's the universal gravitation constant, 6.67 times 10 to the minus 11, Newton meters per kilogram squared. I'm, I'm sure you're glad I gave you that. The next slide is for those members of weight-reducing clubs. They're all over the place. You got Weight Watchers. We got mass miners. Well, we got to be consistent with this new world order. Um, my seventh grade teacher said, in 20 years, we will be completely converted to the metric system. And we got another four years when I was in seventh grade. Figure it out. If, ask Earl if you need to. Physicians Weight Loss Clinic. Heard of that? Tummy Tuckers. Taking off pounds sensibly, tops, Nutrisystem, temple trimmers, and chubby checkers. All those places where you can lose weight. So here's an easy thing for you to do. If on Earth you weighed 100 pounds, on Venus you'd weigh 91. Well, women are from Venus, right? Or are they from Mars? I, I, never, I never remember. Pluto, six pounds. It's not very big. Neptune, 119 pounds. You couldn't stand there. It is a gas giant, like Michael Moore. Uranus. Saturn, 106. You go, Saturn's gigantic. Well, you're also further away from the center of mass. That's why you don't weigh tremendously more. The sun, 2707. Over two, over a ton. Mercury, 38. This is if you could stand on them, which you couldn't. You could not. Mars, 38. The moon, 16.6. Nat's already pointed out. By the way, why can they hit golf balls so far on the moon? They don't take golf balls with them. They take a rock and a telescopic pole and... It's, the moon is like it, like Taco Bell, no atmosphere. And Jupiter, 234 pounds. Meteors, second on my list, meteors. By the way, next week, October 21st, today is the 16th, right? Is that right? Today is the 16th? So the Orionids... In the constellation Orion, if you had starry night backyard like I do, you could figure out where Orion was, and you don't even have to do that, go on the internet. And so this has been 10 years ago, Larry, we were, there was a meteor shower, and we're out there at 1 o'clock at night, and we got tired of looking up, so we laid down a blanket on the, on the road and laid there and watched, and like every 15 or 20 seconds, without the sound effects. And our neighbor came by and go, what are you doing? Lori <laughs> says, I'm married to a scientist. 
So we went to Meteor Crater in Arizona. How many have been there? Just, okay. We have two people have been there. Laura didn't raise her hand. She wasn't with me. Yes, she was. She had her little umbrella, which she's embarrassed about, but she protects her skin. She's pretty smart. And there's some geek she was with. So... <clears throat> There's a mystery of Arizona's meteor crater. It's 570 feet deep, 4,100 feet across. They think that a meteor, of course they say 50,000 years ago, we think less time than that, which was only 130 feet wide, hit there. Okay? And this... Uh, shows that it was probably traveling 34,000 miles per hour. So can you picture if a meteor is going to hit the Earth, what we might want to do? Well, of course, first of all, get your <laughs> sins taken care of by accepting the Lord. That's number one. But run for the hills, right? Well, that's what this DART mission to dimorphous asteroid was. And when, when did that happen? A couple weeks ago, Lori told me about it. I don't know. She gets a news feed. I don't. So here's what they were doing. We have sound? We don't have sound. Did I turn it off? How did I turn it? I didn't touch that. So Looks here, to me like we're headed straight in. Here's that little device going into the asteroid. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Eight, yeah. Seven, oh, six, wow. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. We're getting visual confirmation. All right. We got it? Waiting. Waiting. And we have an impact. We finally for humanity in the name of planetary defense. Fantastic. And that was a pretty incredible feat, actually. In the name of testing a way to defend planet Earth from potentially hazardous asteroid strikes in the future. The goal is to reduce the speed of Dimorphos enough that its orbit around... What happened there? ...around a larger asteroid, Didymus, becomes shorter. This would demonstrate to us that we could deflect an asteroid enough to save the planet if we ever had to. While it's still too early to know exactly how successful the mission was, the early signs are looking great. It takes Dimorphos just under 12 hours to orbit Didymus. And she just shut down on me. Getting the rocket ready. 
I neglected to, to plug in my computer, and it just went dead. But I'll know where, where to start next week. Uh, and a little bit more next week about the great creator that we have as we talk about galaxies. Incredible. We talked about <clears throat> the other end where we're looking at cells, looking at uh, animations of things happening on the molecular level. Now we're going to go the other direction next week where we talk about galaxies, and you just go, wow, what a creator we have. Just incredible. Okay, I am done then. Did you enjoy your field trip? <laughs> that was cool. <laughs>